Welcome to the Senior Story Hour, where we share poems, stories, observations of life, written by the Franklin Senior Center Writers Group. Okay, we're here in studio for another recording session of the Franklin Scribblers, the Writers Group. As you may recall, we meet weekly at the Senior Center and then once a month in the studio to record for your listening pleasure. So for our round of introductions today, this is Steve Sherlock, and to my right... It's Peter J. and I quite frankly thought it was for their listening edification, uh, just, you know... Kick it up take. a notch, that's fine. Well, you know, being writers, we're supposed to use big words, so it's I'm striving. Okay. And I'm to the right of Pete. This is Faith Flaherty. Alice Judge. Jenny Bauer. Joe Ewald. And I'm Bill Wiley. And that's the round. While this will be broadcast during the month of May, we'll have a variety of writings to share for you today. And Bill, you want to do your love poem first? <laughs> okay. I call this uh, To Have and To Hold. With your sweet love, you bless my soul. I am yours to have and to hold. My days of loneliness are in the past. I know with you, our love will last. We found each other from so far away. It is in your arms that I want to stay. You started a fire way deep in my soul. I am yours to have and to hold. You make me happy, your loving words. My love for you will always be heard. You bring me warmth in the coldest of days. Let's get together and roll in the hay. <laughs> if you ask me to, I will move to the left or move to the right. With you by my side, you light the darkest night. If we get married, my story will be complete because our love cannot be beat. The happiest man in the world because I will have the prettiest girl. My world is the best. I'm your man from the West. The prettiest girl from the East. You will tame the inner beast. <laughs> Good. That one, that one came out pretty good, I'll I thought. Mark is calling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Faith, I think you've got something for us. Yes. Okay. Evil is the dragon. Where is St. George? Perhaps the slayer hasn't been born. Perhaps she needs to be bred or nurtured to be fed. A diet of righteousness, goodness, faith, love, kindness, wisdom, strength, all the virtues needed to slay evil. A sword to keep the pain away, the pain of worry, failure, sickness, death, 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 you didn't win. Death, where is your victory? Death is birth. Every death is a rebirth. The forever yields to the new. The evil dragon is slain and new hope triumphs because light is stronger than night. Pain ends, peace starts. Hate yields to understanding. Understanding leads to love. Love will give birth to the dragon slayer. Good, nice. That's actually an old white lady's rap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Did you make good. that up? Or, um, I made it up. You were there when I wrote it. Yeah. Well, you know, what can I say? You, she wasn't uh, listening. That's what she can say. <laughs> actually, that's why I sit next to you, you know, because you have <laughs> such a soft voice. We have, Everybody uh, forgets about St. George. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. His feast day was Sunday, and... What's, I looked him up because I didn't know anything about him. Mm -hmm. And um, he is like 135 patrons of countries, more than anybody else. Wow. And what gets me is only a myth. 
Hmm. It's only a myth. He's yeah. not truly. Yeah, truly a, a myth. Representation of right. Something of actually was. goodness overcoming evil. But he's a myth with great PR. Want to tap into sure, your. Sure, I think writing, maybe it's a good segue from what Faith did so eloquently. A piece, you know, in our last discussion that we got together a week ago, and I thought it was good to bring it to this forum since we're recording it. Our new normal is not normal. We the people are aimlessly angry. Recently, I sat with a longtime friend about to retire. In our casual conversation, I switched to my ersatz Mr. Media voice. And we're back, live, discussing Bob's upcoming retirement, wrapping up a career after 16 years behind the counter at his most recent job. Tell us, Bob, what was the best part of a day on the job? The people. Interesting. And what was the worst aspect of your workday? Ah, uh, the people. He went on to explain that in the normal course of any day, there were folks who were gracious, civil, kind. There were also people who were horribly rude, angry at the world, and not the easiest to satisfy, get along with. As a general takeaway, Bob saw that the more recent exchanges with his clients were trending in the wrong direction. These days, more people seem to have a longer face, a shorter fuse. Our new normal has taken on an impatient impermanence, a subtle simmering of background frustrations. These can emerge as displaced anger that pervades the day-to-day of every day of ordinary life. True that each of us carries our own bag of personal frustrations. We can begin to move our personal new normal in a more positive direction through the smallest acts of simple, thoughtful civility. We can reframe our day, our general outlook. We can choose to be a positive moment in someone else's new normal. Even the smallest exercise of social graces can make our own new normal all the better. What is our normal, new or otherwise? It can be choose to what we make of it. We can be those people who are remembered as the best part of someone's day. Mm -hmm. Just saying, you know. (laughs) I I always hated that phrase, new normal. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's... Really questioning what is the normal, whether mm. it's new or not. Do we um, know? Do we know at we're, this point? We're kind of I mean, figuring it out as we go. We I only know, know that we can't go back. It's evolving. <laughs> yeah. I liked what you said, long face. And what um, did you say? Short fuses. Uh, did you say? Long faces, short fuses. Yeah. yeah. You know what people should, should remember? Somebody said something uh, last week, the week before. They said it's not what... The day brings to you, but what you can bring to the day. Yes. Well spake. Yes. yes. Joe, okay. you got stuff? Yeah, I sure do. The piece I've written before, and of course my name is Joe Ewald, and uh, it's called Memorial Day, which is coming up right around the corner. So when I look at the calendar and see that Memorial Day is on the horizon, three things automatically form in my mind. My father's birthday, the movie Saving Private Ryan, and the star of the barbecue season. Even though my father never served in the military, he was chosen to guard the supply trains that came and went. The movie Saving Private Ryan showcases the heroism of World War II veterans. Besides Memorial Day being the start of the cookout season, Labor Day, of course, being the end, 
It has a history dating back to the end of the Civil War. Memorial Day was originally called Decoration Day. The graves of Civil War soldiers were decorated with flowers and flags by a group of women from Columbus, Mississippi, and another group of women from Bowlesburg, Pennsylvania. They honored all the graves, the North as well as the South. People in other towns copy this idea. This is how Memorial Day began. In 1948, it was made into a national holiday when we remember and honor all the fallen soldiers of all our country's wars. And happy Memorial Day. Oh, that was good. Yeah, nice I have piece. Another, yeah. another piece we have time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm squeezing in here. Sorry, my hands are a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> another one connected to Veterans Day. Of course, I'm a veteran, so I'll read a little piece about that. And it's called Serving My Country. When I was in my last year of high school, I wasn't sure what I was going to do after, after I graduated. My grades weren't good enough to go to college. So that option was out the door. So when I went to the local bookstore in passing, I noticed a sign at the Navy Recruiting Center. It was enticing you to join. I went inside to check it out. I talked to the recruiter, and between him convincing me with his pitch and me falling in love with the idea, I joined. At the time, I was only 17. But because it was at the end of the Vietnam War, I received a waiver to join at 17 because they needed every man they could get. Everybody was becoming disenchanted with this supposedly police action. The day after I graduated from high school, I found myself in Great Lakes, Illinois. I caught a flight with two other guys that were going to boot camp from Boston. Believe it or not, they got me high in the bathroom with smoking a joint. So when the bus picked me up, I was high as a kite. That's how I started boot camp. When the buzz started to come down and reality set in, I was missing my mother big time and I thought I had made a horrible mistake. I was thinking of ways to get out of basic training, like starting a fight or faking an illness. But I decided not to do these things as I convinced myself to give it a try. To my surprise, things got better as I went along. We were allowed to write letters home and receive them back. This is one of the things that got me through the graduation. Well, that happiest moments I ever experienced in this life was thinking I made it through boot camp and I was flying back home on American Airlines. I had received a two-week leave before I had to go to dental technician school in San Diego. After my leave, I flew again on a plane to start my training. School was pretty tough and I was lucky to get a C because my grades, of course, a C is just average. After I graduated, they assigned me to the Marine Corps for four weeks as I became a medical corpsman. It was a four-week boot camp with the so-called grunts. It was definitely tougher than Navy boot camp, but somehow I made it through. Most of the training was run, run, and run, and a little bit more running. (laughs) Besides being tall and skinny, I was able to do that part pretty good. I ran three miles in 21 minutes, 
when all you had to do was get it under 28. The obese men had a tough time and were picked on by the drill instructors. I felt sorry for them because some of them were crying, but that is par course for boot camp. I myself have found a way to get through boot camp due to my ability to run. After that, I got another two-week leave, and it just happened to be Christmas. Needless to say, it made my heart feel good just to be with my family. After the holidays were over, my duty assignment was to fly to Okinawa, Japan to start my next journey with the United States Marine Corps as the combination dental tech and field corpsman. A doc was the nickname that the grunts gave us. I was at Camp Hansen for 13 months. The only reason I completed that duty at Camp Hansen was the guys that I served with. They were great. I made a lot of good friends. Afterwards, I flew home on another leave for a month, an assignment to serve the rest of my active time obligation to the Navy at Oceanside, California, which is only 20 minutes from San Diego. So I was at Camp Pendleton for two years. Of course, San Diego is great. They have one of the best zoos in the world, which everybody already knows, of course. Also, they have a version of the Boston Common called Balboa Park. In many ways, my fellow shipmates were awesome, all the way through to the rest of my active service time. My inactive service was to serve six years reserve at the old Weymouth Navy Air Station, which I think some of you might remember. It's not, not there anymore. One of the most flattering moments in my life was to receive a wedding invitation from my best friend in San Diego. One of the best memories of my life was that I had been serving my three years than my six-year reserves. In hindsight, I would highly recommend to young people that have a hard time deciding what to do after high school to join the service. It gets you out of your parents' house. It teaches you discipline and organization. Plus, you make friends to have for the rest of your life. Go Navy. <laughs> Go Navy. <laughs> nice. Uh, I have a, a spring celebration pro- poem that sure. I can share. I Great. think I sent it to you. I don't know if you had the time oh, to yes. read it. Oh, yes. I recall getting it, yes. Yes. Uh, so I... I, it's, it's the most appropriate considering it's also spring and all these holidays happen right in the midst of spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote this poem for the spring solstice, March 22nd, 21st. And uh, it just reminds me of what spring brings. So here it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, spring celebration. Some tulips are yellow. Some tulips are pink. Some tulips are purple and others are red. No matter the colors, They will be blooming. No matter the color, spring is ahead. Birds will be chirping. They will sing all the way. They will come from the south to help celebrate. Their songs become stages. Their dances are outrageous. Their wings flop and flap, thanking nature with the way they clap. The earth will be warmer. The wind blows cold air. But as the spring arrives, the earth and the wind will be warm. The trees are still bare. Their branches reach up, enjoying the warmth from the light of the sun. Through capillarity and the sun's magic energy, Earth's nutrients will reach the tree branches, where leaves will appear 
and flower dance. All kinds of plants are showing up, robust or thin, big, small or strong. They bloom in a show on nature's stage. Their color will show like an act of grace. It's a big celebration. You should join if you can by admiring the nature that blooms by your side. Welcome springtime. Sprout all your flowers with charm. Bring the birds and the butterflies, the bunnies, the worms, the bees and the flies. Don't say goodbye. Stay until summer arrives. Thank you. Thank you. Spring is coming at me. <laughs> yes, and I'm so glad. Yes. For mine, we'll step back in time. <clears throat> Ten years ago, so in 2013. Hold on. Ten years ago today. Okay. <laughs> in the summer of 2013, one man walked among the graves in the American section of the cemetery in Normandy. He stopped at a grave and planted a small American flag. He wrote the name of the soldier's grave he had found in his notebook. And when he returned home, he went to the Internet to search for information around that individual. He was fortunate. He found Sergeant Timothy J. Hayes in the search results. During that same summer, Rose Turco had provided me the information on all the street signs that had been placed on the corners or in the Franklin neighborhoods where the soldiers had lived. The World War II Fallen Heroes Project had taken place in 2011. Sergeant Hayes' sign was on the corner of Cross and Summer. I had posted the World War II information following VJ Day in August 2013. This is what that man, Trip Lewis, found. Trip Lewis is an American living and teaching in New Brunswick, Canada. He wrote me in 2013 to send me the photo of Sergeant Hayes' grave and the flag he'd placed on the site. He also had a chance to stop in Franklin that December. He was traveling back to visit his family in North Carolina. So we arranged to meet on that corner of Cross and Summer in December. It was an overcast winter day, but special nonetheless. Tripp and I met, chatted for a few minutes, took a couple of photos, yes, selfies, <laughs> and he headed back on the road to join with his family. I had not heard from Tripp until the weekend in 2018 when he wrote, Dear Steve, we met almost five years ago in Franklin after I had contacted you about information that you had about a soldier from Franklin, Sergeant Timothy J. Hayes, that had died from wounds received on June 6, 1944, on the invasion of Normandy. I wanted to first again thank you for meeting me that day in December 2013. It was a special moment to stand under the sign on Cross Street in Franklin and learn more about Timothy Hayes. I'm reaching out to you because I again had the opportunity to visit France this past July, again 2018. And as part of our group's itinerary, another visit to the Normandy American Cemetery. Though we had not planned it until the day before, I was able to do more than just visit Sergeant Hayes this time and plant a flag at his grave and ended up doing a short biography of him for the members of our group, teachers and students from across Canada, 
and introduced all of them to what I had known about him and his service. I was able to record this on video, only recently having had the time to get back and edit all of the video content from the trip. If you are interested in watching, the link to the video is provided. We also did a gravestone rubbing, which I brought home and framed. Given your help in meeting me in Franklin back in 2013, I wanted to share this video with you. Many thanks for your help. I hope again to someday visit Franklin. Trip and Rose had been in contact with email, so this story may continue to develop. So as Memorial Day approaches here and the parades and ceremonies provide moments to pause, give thanks for those who gave their life in service for the country. And as those in Franklin walk around their neighborhood streets, if you do see a sign of recognition of one of the fallen heroes, there's a little bit more to the story of that individual on Franklin Matters. Or visit the Veterans Walkway on the Town Common. The 45 pillars honor the fallen heroes from the recent wars, World War I to the present times. The bricks along the walkway honor anyone who has served. And the town page also has a database of the individual bricks along the walkway. So there's lots of information that's available to find out about those people who came before. Why did he pick that name? No connection to him? No, he just walked the graves and found a stone and placed the flag. Why was he there as a Canadian walking in American he's a te- Well, he's an American living in Canada, teaching in Canada. So it was part of his history project that he was doing, and he did it certainly in the email. He mentions he's been to, to Normandy multiple times. So on this first time, or this one time he had gone, he happened to find one grave, and it happened to be Sergeant Hayes, who when he found out, there was a connection. I mean, here, I'm sure he's, he didn't elaborate, but I'm sure he met other or pre- placed other grave sites he may or may not have found information for those, but for Sergeant Hayes, he did. And hence the connection, and then I got him connection with Rose, so Rose was able to share the video. The video is available on Franklin Matters, so you can watch him doing the, um, the rubbing yeah. and the ceremony that time in 2018. You mentioned Rose Turco. I think yes. we were in her building. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're, small world. Bu- yeah. Small world. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of graves, I'm not going to go into my story because it's long. I'll never forget, I took a cruise maybe five years ago to Canada in one of the side trips. Maybe I've mentioned it to to you in passing, was to Nova Scotia, Halifax. And we stopped off at this cemetery where there were all these beautiful graves of people who had washed ashore that were on the Titanic. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget that. Um, They did a lot of research trying to find, of course, the date of death was the same. Right. And the uh, stones looked like they do on the Franklin Common. And they did a lot of research trying to find the people. And uh, the people that were there were the uh, the um, deceased where the relatives couldn't pay to have the body brought back. So there was only one little boy, two years old, 
that they couldn't find the parents. And so there's Baby Doe, and there's uh, teddy bears and everything right there. But um, it was just so meaningful to me to see that and um, to know that they took, I mean, there were a lot of them that washed ashore in Halifax. And uh, they really um, did a lot of research and everything to find out the graves. And uh, I will never forget that. It was just a beautiful sight. Well, listeners, thank you for participating today. We hope you enjoyed our session. Uh, we meet, as we mentioned before, and if we didn't, we're re repeating that again anyway. We meet weekly at the Senior Center and then the last, excuse me, the fourth Wednesday of the month at the studio to record this. And today we had a good round. We'll just do a finished round of our speakers. So Steve, again, closing out. I'm Peter Jay, and I would like to add that if you would like to join our group as a writer, we would love to have you. So if you're thinking great thoughts, driving in the car, and we need to put it on paper, if you're inspired in the shower, however inspiration finds you, <laughs> write it down, join the group, have some fun. I would agree with that, Peter. I'm Alice Judge. I'm Jenny Bauer. I'm Joe Ewald. This is Faith Flaherty. I'm Bill Wiley. And if you do get that urge, however you get the urge, contact the Senior Center or info at Franklin TV, and either way we'll get you onto the mailing list. So thank you all, and we'll catch you next month. Thanks for being with us here on Senior Story Hour. Until the next time, I'm Peter Jay. Remember, be they laced with gravity, levity, wisdom, or whimsy, the meaning, experiences of life become a little larger when you share them, when you take a moment to commit pen to paper and just write. This is FPR, Franklin Public Radio.